up next, we've got some amazing guys who are very, very, they're veterans in the brand space. We've got the guys from Not Another NFT. I love it. We've got, please welcome Connor Wells, Elliot, and Jonathan to the stage talking about harnessing the power of NFTs to build brand loyalty. Thanks, guys. Is it working? I think we're good. Epic. Um, okay, first of all, um, obviously, just want to say a big, big thank you to the community, um, NFT London. To be honest, it's really, really great to have this kind of platform to come and talk. Um, so yeah, Quinn and everything, the job that you're doing is absolutely fantastic. Um, today, um, ultimately, the aim of this session is to just from a very kind of branded perspective, my focus is branding, these guys are much more technical, but from a brand perspective, kind of feed to you the kind of questions that we feel you should ask yourself if you're gonna embark on the journey and actually building an NFT. Um, and those are the objectives and the questions that hopefully you guys can take out of today. Um, a little bit about my background, won't spend too much time. Um, so my name's Connor Wells, um, very much a veteran in the kind of brand and business space, um, worked at, L'Oreal for seven years um, with some incredibly inspiring teams and obviously L'Oreal recently delved into the space of um, Web3, which is very cool. Um, I then made a transition across to um, a startup, male grooming brand called He Skincare. Our focus now is about building that kind of emotional connection with our customer, that brand identity. I'll talk about that a little bit more later. Um, and then I kind of made the connection with um, NFTs. And I think like a lot of people here in the kind of bull market last year, became a little bit obsessed and I guess I put I kind of connected the dots subconsciously in my mind um, and then understood the true power of the technology behind it and how you can use that um, to essentially just acquire, engage with the community and retain loyal customers because that's ultimately what the topic is um, today. Then subsequently, obviously regrouped with these guys who I've known for a while anyway. Um, we came together, um, we founded Not Another NFT um, and ultimately what we do is we work with brands, we simplify NFTs, we unpack them um, and then we build concepts with them to win customers, engage them, and make sure that they come back as, as loyal ones in the future. Nicely said. Um, okay, so let me introduce myself. So I'm Elliot. Um, my background is predominantly in tech. So for the last five, six years, um, I've been working with Amazon. And my, my, my primary focus is about, okay, how can we use tech to solve the most complex and ambiguous customer problems and how do we solve that at scale and how do we do it quickly um, and then in more recent times building on that tech background how can we solve similar but different problems through things such as machine learning as it, as the world becomes more and more technical these things are, are super important to understand how we can solve and solve them at scale so then when Web3 came into my life probably two three years ago it made sense that the tech behind it made sense to me um, and I was actually introduced by uh, a YouTuber that, that I was uh, following quite intently. Um, he mentioned CryptoPunks, as I said, two or three years ago, and I jumped in, and what really caught me was the communities that underpin these successful projects are fiercely loyal. Um, you know, often you'll see communities defending founders of projects, and they've never met them, they, they probably never will, but they're they're fiercely um, loyal, and that, that is something that really captured my imagination, and you know, hence we, we kind of founded Not Another NFT together. Uh, hi everyone, I'm Johnny. So I come from a commercial background, so I've actually um, worked closely with brands and with retailers to bring new product and innovation to market. 
So I used to work with Connor at L'Oreal, and actually we used to live together as well. Lucky guy. Um, and then Elliot I knew from university. We used to speak a lot about crypto and about NFTs. And then it was through those conversations we realized we had kind of different expertise and together they would um, come together for like a successful NFT agency. Cool. Um, so I'll kind of start off before we go into it, because ultimately, like I said today, what we want to take you through is kind of the, the launchpad method that we've kind of put together. And this is what we kind of speak to brands about. Um, a lot of brands kind of come to us and they're like, why NFTs? Why is that important for us? What can we leverage from it? And you guys hear a lot about it today. We always go back with a really simple answer. And ultimately, that is primarily, obviously, you get to add something incremental with a true value proposition to your existing communities. And that's really, really important because as a brand, I know me outside of the Web3 space, I'm trying to do that every single day. So that's the first. The second is all about when you're in the Web3 universe, you have the opportunity to go out there and actually reach a whole new incremental audience. Who is the Web3 one? Every single person pretty much here today. And that ultimately leaves you with a supercharged pool of customers, which every single brand wants. Then they ask a question, okay, so what's the first step and what should I do? Um, and this is a great one because I'm obsessed with branding. Um, but honestly, I think the fundamental building blocks and what we talk to brands about is ultimately building an identity. I think that the, the panel before us was actually talking about brand purpose. Um, identity, brand purpose, brand territory, practically the same thing. There'll be a lot of people in the room today who are brand builders and, and they'll understand that. The most easy way to define purpose, I think, is ultimately standing for something so much greater than the product or service that you sell. Um, and ultimately, that's absolutely integral when you're selling a product, when you're selling an NFT, um, kind of giving someone, obviously, something else. Um, and ultimately, that is also the fundamental building blocks of loyalty. No one's going to be loyal to your brand if they have no reason to come back, if they're not you know, engaged in that space, if they're not emotionally kind of attached to your brand. Um, so with that, we've come up with uh, four golden rules um, that will kind of evoke uh, brand and build brand loyalty. So the first two are around engaging with that existing community that you have. So it's number one, customer centricity. Number two, breaking barriers. And then we move towards attracting that incremental Web3 community through gamification and through continuity. I'll start with customer centricity as the brand person, I guess, on the, on the panel. Um, and also, it's the most simple, because every single person here should know that, obviously, customer centricity is, is at the heart of everything, whether it's an NFT project or whether it's a brand, whether it's a product, whatever. Um, ultimately, I think, when we talk about customer centricity, it's actually about a value proposition to the brand, and that's really, really important. Um, and just a caveat, I think, something that I'm super, super passionate about, and obviously why I'm, I'm in this space a lot more now as, as a brand veteran is because I think what we see right now, certainly because we're obviously in that bear market, is you've got these incredible brains in the Web3 space, they're coming in, and they're kind of cross-collaborating with these incredible brains coming in from like the brand and the business sector, and they're innovating together, and that's bringing some incredible, incredible innovation across, across, the, across the board. You know, like we see like another two or three brands launching an NFT project, mainstream brands, every kind of week. So that's super, super exciting. So absolutely keep your ears and eyes peeled and make sure that you're taking inspiration from these, these great brands and these great initiatives. Even if you have to scale it back, there are huge opportunities. I think the best way um, to actually talk about customer centricity 
is a little bit negative, but it's actually looking at brands that haven't necessarily done it very well. Um, usually the example that we give, we have in the past, is kind of Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut, great brand. Um, they kind of had this incredible um, brand identity. Um, they have this kind of founding principle. They stand for something. Their purpose is making great pizza accessible to everyone, which is brilliant. So they had every opportunity to then go into that space and absolutely crush it. But then they launched their NFT, I think it was March 21, and um, they, they minted a, a picture of a pizza. And um, it ultimately, it was just a little bit, it was just quite, it was a bit of a disappointment, wasn't it? I think there's a big opportunity then for them, you know, token-gated access maybe, a little discount, something you get a free pizza every month. I'm not sure, it could be quite simple, but ultimately they just kind of wanted to crash grab, and I think um, it's something that they could have done a lot better. Yeah, I agree. I think, I think the pizza example is good because it's a, it's a great example of what Connor was saying in that pizza as a brand, everyone knows it, right? That their brand identity is so strong, but I think ultimately, they, ultimately when they try to venture into this Web3 space, they lost sight of the customer and what they could offer above and beyond that, that picture of the pizza. And so as a brand entering this space, it's super important. What is the customer going to get from my NFT beyond um, just maybe the, the, the simple artwork? Um, so yeah, that, the customer centricity is our kind of first golden rule. It really then ties into our next, which is, is about how can we break barriers? And really breaking barriers, I've already heard it in three or four speeches today, is synonymous with the whole Web3 NFT space. You know, I think everyone is aware that it is complicated for people outside of this world to be onboarded. And so as a brand, when you're building an NFT project, you need to be super um, critical with yourselves and, and understand how can I make it the smoothest onboarding ramp for maybe my existing customers of my Web2 brand to get into my Web3 project? How can I make them understand the why, the what, the how, all those questions, all those answers to those questions? How can I make it super, super, uh, super, super clean? And I think a really effective question that brands can ask themselves is, if I was not a Web3 native or an NFT native, would I understand what I'm offering in this NFT project? Would I understand why, how, what I'm doing as an as a outsider from the Web3 space? And I think if brands are super critical with themselves in the building of their project, and if, that, if the answer to that question is at any point no, they need to be empowered to go back to the drawing board, regroup and come back until that answer is yes. You know, really and truly, if the answer to that question is no, you shouldn't be proceeding with building out your project because you could have the best projects in the world. But if your onboarding ramp is super complicated, people from the Web2 world aren't going to care and ultimately um, it's not going to succeed. Um, and I think that we have a really relevant um, kind of example um, that we're working with a brand right now called Ludo Power. So we're actually wearing their T-shirts with our branding on. And... The founder of Ludo Pals is not a Web3 native. And one of the first questions he asked us was, okay, if we do this NFT project, how will my existing customers know why, I'm, know why we're launching a project, know what it is, know how to get involved? And it was a really pertinent question. And, and as brands coming into this space, you really need to be critical um, with that question. Um, and again, sticking on the example route, another more Web3 um, relatable example is with Adidas and their journey into the to the to the NFT world with um, their into the metaverse NFT that they launched 
a year, year and a half ago. Now, on one side, they, they were very good at the, the onboarding ramp side of things in that their landing page for their actual NFT, um, they had all the information they needed available. It, again, addressed the why, the what, the how. So that was super clear. I think what Adidas could have done a better job on in terms of breaking the barriers was they were very ambitious in terms of the usability of this landing page. It had a lot of animations, um, it had a lot of plugins, and ultimately the site was slow. For anyone that is in the room that knows, it was super clunky, it, it, it froze, it wasn't nice to navigate, you know, and that's a barrier. And so kind of bringing it back to brands and how they can best approach this space, be super critical and understand how you can break barriers to onboard the masses into this space. Yeah, it's all about keeping that simple customer journey. And there are already companies that are facilitating this. So, for example, the two, two that spring to mind, there are loads, but two that spring to mind are MoonPay and uh, the Nifty Gateway NFT Marketplace. You can buy an NFT just using your credit card as you would for any other online purchase. So that's a simple customer journey that people are already familiar with. I think, they, I think that works a lot, though. <clears throat> I mean, look, if you run a website... And you're a small to medium brand and you've got a Shopify site that works well, you know, John, you've just mentioned some plugins. Um, but I think if you wanted to go a little further, of course, you know, a lot of people in the audience here today will know it, but there are huge, well, incredibly innovative companies who are very technically savvy who come together and work with you. We work with one of them, the, the name's Houndstooth, um, good friend of ours, Dan, he runs it. So basically we work with him on occasions. He'll come in as an implant and work to make sure that the customer journey from, you know, discoverability all the way through to conversion is absolutely seamless to the point where people don't even, well, they barely know they're even buying an NFT. They just know the utility that they get with it. That's important, particularly when it comes to mass adoption. Exactly. And one point I really wanted to mention on this, often when we talk about NFTs, Web3, people do, let's say, enjoy overcomplicating it. They love going in depth about the blockchain. And as brands, you know, you it can be scary, Terrifying. right? Exactly. And really, as brands, if you partner with the correct people, you don't need to worry about that side because there are companies and mechanisms out there to simplify the back end to make the the alt to allow you as a brand to focus on what you're offering to your consumer. Cool. So Connor and I have taken us through the first two um, golden rules, which are around ex engaging your existing community through customer centricity and breaking barriers. And now we need to move on to how to attract that incremental Web3 community. So our third golden rule is gamification. Now, the objective of gamification is to get user engagement with your brand, with your NFT project or product or service. So Web3 brands do this really well, actually. Um, the first way they can do this is through creating mystery, through encouraging uh, the consumer to speculate, uh, to have conversations, to kind of problem solve. And um, one thing that you might not realize, but uh, Web2 brands do this already. For example, every year up and down the country, there are thousands of conversations around what is the John Lewis Christmas advert going to be. If you're not from the UK, you might not know what John Lewis is, but it's the okay. same with like the NFL, like the halftime Super Bowl, right? Similar? I don't know I'm not familiar with the US, but... <laughs> Sorry. Um, what the point is, is people are speculating and you want to encourage those conversations where people are speculating because it's engaging. It's engaging that consumer. Another way they can do this is through under-promising and over-delivering. Now, if you've got a project that's, um, you know, you've said, you're gonna, you've said what you're going to deliver, and then you start bringing additional, um, you know, additional value to the holder, that's going to build mystery. You know, you're going to get the consumer speculating what's next. Our third point for gamification is reward. 
Now, again, Web2 brands are doing this already, but it's important to trans, um, transfer that into Web3 as well through things like a loyalty scheme, for example. Um, at the moment, you see a lot of coffee shops um, doing the stamp, you know? You get 10 stamps and you get your free coffee. Now, that's great for the consumer because you feel like you've got a free coffee. And it's great for the business as well because they've got that consumer to come back 10 times when maybe they would have only come back three times. Yeah, and I think just jumping on that, Johnny, from a coffee example, you know, we, we, we see Starbucks three or four months ago jump into the metaverse, you know, bring in their world world famous loyalty program from the Web 2 world into Web 3 because they understand the long term value of having an NFT that encourages ultimately repeat purchase for their brand. So I think for me personally, in the next bull run, I think it's a re the, the Starbucks NFT is a really interesting one um, to watch and monitor to see how it does. I think it's I think it's exciting. And then for our last point on gamification is exclusivity. You need to have a, a value proposition to the holder that rewards you with exclusive benefits that you don't get if you are not a holder. So that could be through token-gated access, it could be certain perks, certain deals, pre-sale access, that sort of thing. So it's all about having that sense of exclusivity. And then to build into that, you also want your NFT, what image or, or noise that is, you want to build in rarity characteristics. Because there are people that like to trade their NFTs to try and get the most rare NFT within your project. And there will be other people that are slightly less engaged with the brand, and that's fine. But they'll be happy with more, lev with more of a base level NFT. Yeah, I mean, that, that aspect of rarity really resonates with me because... You know, if, if, if brands coming into the space that aren't so aware, building a project that has elements of, of rarity, it has elements of traits, is, is what is going to help people from the Web3 and maybe even the Web2 space that are coming into it emotionally connect with the project that you're having, right? That rarity aspect and the chance that you may mint, um, you know, a top 10 NFT is what is going to keep people wanting to stay up till 3, 4 a.m. to mint this new NFT project, to jump in a Discord, to speculate. And that is really what you as brands you want to achieve. Um, so it's really about people like us helping these big brands understand what it means to create an NFT project that will emotionally connect to the audience and keep them there. But it sounds so scary, like trying to do that. Um, but it's actually not that scary. Um, one of the kind of, I think Elliot mentioned Ludo Pals earlier on, one of, uh, one of the brands that we work with, we built a super simple concept for them and it's been done before and it was kind of like, you know, people go into his store or they go onto his Shopify website, they find something they want to buy, they buy it. Later on down the line, they're told whether that was a one of one, whether it was a one of 20, one of 300. Just that really, really simple tiering of rarity um, and people waiting for that to come out. It's not, it's not difficult. It's just a simple concept, but brands think it's super difficult. So they don't come in and try and build concepts like that. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's a really good point, Connor. Um, okay, so looking at time. So going on to our fourth and final golden principle that we want to talk about today is all about continuity and delivering results. I think as, as brands entering this space, of course, in any walk of, of business, you need to be super resolute on delivering results. But arguably within Web3 and NFT, it's even more important in that you deliver upon the promises that you give. You know, you under any circumstance, it's you know, it can be a killer for you to overpromise and underdeliver because I think most of us in this room, if we're kind of tr true DGENs, if we've been in part of a project, if they said on their roadmap, they're going to deliver, you know, X by this date, 
that date passes, it doesn't happen. You can guarantee if you go into their Discord, there's going to be fud, there's going to be hate. People are, are saying the houses are burning down just because you know they didn't the, the the team didn't deliver on what they promised. And as brands entering this space, need to be hyper aware of how emotionally connected people are to NFT projects. And so you need to be so resolute on delivering results and being having that continuity um, throughout what you're offering. Um, and and I, th and I think to, to give an, another recent example, we've got uh, we're working with a brand who's actually in the audience today, uh, Brownie Box, who kept us super honest in our early consultations about, you know, we don't want to overpromise and underdeliver for Brownie Box because you know we she has a loyal community of 15, 20 years built up in the Web2 world, and we don't want to ultimately taint that by delivering an NFT project that we overpromise and underdeliver. You know that that not only will mean the NFT project will fail, but it can harm the Web2 business as well. So it's super critical. Um, and another example, actually, that I can just that I can, that, that that I can give here from the Web3 space is where they haven't delivered it so well and, and in terms of delivering what they're promising is a brand called Full Send. Um, I love Full Send, full disclaimer. Um, but they're, they're, a, they're a social media powerhouse. They have a fiercely loyal community on YouTube, on social media. Um, they jumped into the, the NFT world seven or eight months ago with, with the so-called MetaCard. And at the time, you know, they were promising we're going to release exclusive lounges, exclusive festivals for holders of these, of these MetaCards. Um, I think it's fair to say they haven't entirely delivered on that promise, and it's kind of gone a little bit quiet. I personally hold a MetaCard, so, you know, I'm speaking from experience, but... And, and, the and the reason I say that is because I still consume all their content, but at the same time, when I, when I consume their content, in the back of my mind, I'm tainted because I'm like, yeah, but what about the NFT project that you promised so much and at the moment you're delivering so little? Um, so it's super important to have continuity in, in what you're offering from a brand perspective. Equally, though, there are projects that have done this really well and one that we like and, and we can't really fault is Fluff World. They're a project that um, it started out as just a 3D avatar of, of essentially a bunny, and now they've built this entire ecosystem um, with additional additional avatars. They've also got uh, partnerships with celebrities. They've done charitable donations. They run competitions. They've built spaces in the metaverse. And this is an example of a project that's just continuously delivered. And actually, they don't even have a roadmap. So everything that they've done has been over and above what they've promised. Go on, Connor. Should I go? Yeah, go. Fine. Um, also, I think sometimes brands who are coming into, you know, who don't have any clue what an NFT is or the Web3 space, um, often they're really kind of, they don't really want to talk about brands or projects like Fluff World. It kind of scares them because, again, they feel like they don't really know anything about them or that they can't replicate that on a brand level. Like, my advice is that every single brand should look to, like, Fluff World. Um, it's a great example of how they can build a community and kind of, over-promise, no, sorry, under-promise, over-deliver. Um, like, that's really important. And I think that that kind of cultural shift needs to change within the space, personally. Definitely. Okay, time. Um, let me try and be quick. So, underpinning those kind of four golden rules is what, is what we term as being realistic for brands. So, it may seem super, super simple, but as a brand entering this space, you need to be realistic in terms of what headcount you're going to allocate to work on this project and what budget. 
Um, so there are various different ways that you can achieve this. Um, so just going through the ex some examples quickly, you can either repurpose existing headcount and existing budgets from your Web2 business, similar to what Adidas and Etihad have done. Um, I would say sometimes it means you're a little bit less agile. Um, a second example is what Nike have done with their purchase of Artifact, um, where they've bought this Web3 native existing in, um, project that so and at the same time they've got intellectual property they've got that knowledge and at the same time allows them to remain agile and you know arguably Nike are one of the most successful projects in the space um, and then lastly you know you can achieve that same result of what Nike had by by reaching out to consultancies and, and third-party agencies that you trust to help you achieve that at, at more of a cut price cost do I have time to say one thing go for it right so also another thing like brands have been through this shift before um, my first ever role at L'Oreal was in the digital transformation team, and that was back in 2015. From the period of 2014 to 2017, brands basically were just obsessed with this digital transformation. So they've been through that shift before. I just think right now, brands need to go through the next shift, which is coming into that kind of Web3 space. 20 seconds, Sean, go. Um, so basically, in summary, we've got our four golden rules. And if you can nail all four of these golden rules, you'll have um, an extremely loyal customer base through your NFT project. And they are customer centricity, breaking barriers, gamification, and continuity. And just to say thanks to everyone that listened. Um, come speak to us, come challenge us. We're also here to learn. So uh, yeah, if you see us around, we're wearing the t-shirts. Come say hi. Thank you. Thank you.